listeners, I have a big ask of you. Between the editing, reading chapters, revising those chapters into my own words, and distributing the podcast between seven platforms, this podcast takes a lot of time, effort, and resources to share three to four days a week. I'm beyond humbled and grateful for the listeners and sponsorships I've gained in just a short amount of time, and the many messages telling me that this podcast is used as a bedtime story, or that it just brightens your week up, has been such a compliment. I'd like to keep doing this for as long as I can, while bringing future specialized episodes and making my own stories from suggested themes from listeners like you. One way to accomplish this is by direct listener support. Your support will help the show to grow and reach many more fellow story lovers. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash B-U-N dash B-U-N. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash bun dash bun. You can contribute as little as 99 cents a month if you'd like. As always, thank you for listening to Bun Bun Storytime. Hello, and welcome to Bun Bun Storytime, a podcast where I tell stories to listeners. In today's episode, I'll continue on my Greek mythology series where I left off. Put on your tool belt and get ready to hear how Hephaestus gets thrown out of several windows. So join me as I hop in. Sayonara, tool guy. Or why Hephaestus hates windows. If you want to see baby pictures of Hephaestus, I'm sorry to say that you're out of luck. He was born so ugly that his mother Hera tossed him off Mount Olympus like a big old bag of trash. If someone had taken any pictures of Hephaestus as a baby, it would have shown a homely little Hephaestus plummeting through the clouds with a surprised look on his face like, Mommy, why? Hera was honestly hoping to never see the kid again. But eventually, Hephaestus did come back, just like a boomerang, and smacked her upside the head. You just gotta love the guy. Baby Hephaestus fell into the sea where he was rescued by Thetis. Remember her? Well, she was the Nereid chick who freed Zeus when he was tied up during the 24-hour mutiny on Mount Olympus. Anyways, she felt bad for this poor sweet baby. She decided to raise him in a secret underwater cave. Thetis didn't mind ugly. She lived at the very depths of the sea. And I'm sure if you've ever been to the Deep Sea exhibit at any aquarium, you'll know Hephaestus was probably really cute in comparison to, like, an anglerfish or something. Sure, he looked malformed. He had to shave, like, five times a day, even as a baby. And his face was red and lumpy like he slept in a hive of killer wasps. But his upper body was strong and very healthy. He had clever hands and keen intelligence. As the young god grew, he developed a talent for building and crafting, just like the elder Cyclopes. Give the kid a bucket of Legos, come back in an hour, 
and he's made a fully functioning long-range ballistic missile. Hephaestus spent nine years under the ocean as Thetis' personal blacksmith. Oh, he enjoyed the work, and he loved having her as a foster mother, but always wanted revenge on Hera in the back of his mind. In his spare time, he worked on a special piece of furniture. A dangerous gift for his dangerous mother. And dreamed of the day he could return back to Mount Olympus. Finally, he finished his project and bid Thetis goodbye. Beloved Devastan mother, Hephaestus knelt at her feet. I must return home and take my place amongst the gods. Thetis always suspected this day would come, but she started to ugly cry anyways. They'll never appreciate you, she warned. They will only judge you by the way that you look. Then they are fools, Hephaestus said. I don't care what anyone thinks. My mother literally threw me out with the bathwater. She's gotta pay for that. He rode a donkey up to the mountain, which was one of Hephaestus' favorite animals, because he could relate to the ugly, stubborn, comical, yet sturdy and strong animals. Behind Hephaestus trotted an entire caravan full of pack mules loaded with special gifts for the gods. He rode straight into the Olympian throne room. Who is that? asked Ares. Hera looked pale and uneasy. Oh no, she swallowed. It can't be. Oh yes, mother, Hephaestus grinned. It's a me, your little garbage pail kid, Hephaestus. Zeus choked on his nectar. Wait a second, did he just call you mother? Hephaestus climbed off his donkey, his leg braces creaking. Oh, uh, did she fail to mention me, father? Okay, so Zeus wasn't really his father, since Hera had created him all by herself out of pettiness, but Hephaestus decided not to dwell on the technicalities. Probably just an oversight, Hephaestus smiled grotesquely. You see, Hera dropped me from Mount Olympus when I was just a baby. As you can tell, dear parents, I survived. Oh, Hera said. How nice. Hephaestus told his story about growing up at the bottom of the sea. And I brought the presents. He unpacked the big bundles from his mules. No thrones for everyone. Thrones! Ares leapt up and danced with excitement. Zeus got a gold seat with chalice holders on each arm, lumbar support, and a built-in rack for his lightning bolts. Demeter's throne was shaped from gold and silver corn stalks. Poseidon got a sea captain's chair with a place for his trident and his fishing pole. Ares's iron throne was upholstered in leather with lots of spikes and barbed wire on the armrests. I love it, Ares beamed. Is this Corinthian leather? Mortal skin, actually, Hephaestus said. Ares got misty eyes. This is the nicest gift. I I can't even. 
Harris stood next to her new throne, which was made from adamantine, a super strong metal that glittered like translucent white, sort of like a mix between diamonds and silver. The throne was the most beautiful thing Hera had ever seen, but she was so afraid to sit on it. She was leery of Hephaestus's friendliness towards her. Nevertheless, she saw all the other gods enjoying their thrones, and she finally relented. She sat down. Immediately, invisible cables lashed around her so tightly that she couldn't breathe. She tried to change shape. No luck. The more she resisted, the tighter the cables restricted. The cables squeezed until her face turned pale, her eyes bugged out, and all the ichor in her body went to her hands and feet. Hera could only whimper, Help! The gods turned to Hephaestus. All right, Zeus grumbled. What'd you do? Hephaestus raised his bushy brows. Why, father, you not like it? You'll have a quieter wife now. In fact, she'll never get out of chair again. Harris squeaked in alarm. You threw me away, Hephaestus reminded her. I was ugly and crippled. And you tossed me off of the mountain. I want you to suffer for that. Think of all the things I could have made you if you treated me well. Then you'll understand you threw something away that's very valuable. You should never judge someone by the way they look. With that, he saddled up his donkey and left. Hephaestus journeyed down into the mortal world and set up shop in a small Greek city. He hoped his revenge would make him feel better, but it didn't. He felt even angrier and emptier than before. Meanwhile, in Olympus, the other gods got tired of listening to Hera whimper. They tried everything to free her, but nothing worked. Finally, Zeus said, Enough is enough. We have got to release my wife. The Olympians tried many different tactics to convince Hephaestus to free his mother. They sent many different ambassadors. Hephaestus could not be persuaded. Up on Olympus, Zeus spread his hands and sighed. Well, I guess Hera will have to stay on that cursed throne forever. Just then, the most unlikely hero stepped forward. Dionysus, the god of wine. Don't worry. I can handle Hephaestus. The other gods looked at him like he had a leg growing from his nose. You? Ares demanded. What are you going to do? Threaten him with a nice glass of Chardonnay? Ariosi, Dionysus said. He flew down to the earth. Dionysus started hanging around Hephaestus's shop. He didn't make any demands on Hephaestus. He didn't threaten or lay on any guilt trips. He just chatted, told funny stories, and acted really friendly. After weeks of hanging out together, Dionysus said, My man, you're working yourself too hard. You need a break. I like a working, Hephaestus muttered. The truth was, blacksmithing took his mind off his pain. Despite his successful revenge on Hera, 
Hephaestus couldn't get rid of his anger and bitterness. He was still an outcast god, no better than before. I'm gonna take you out tonight, my guy. We'll hit up all the taverns. And I'm gonna introduce you to this new thing that I created. It's called wine, Dionysus insisted. That night, Dionysus took Hephaestus out drinking. In no time, Hephaestus was crying into his cup, pouring out his life story to Dionysus. I love you, man. You're my best friend. No one gets me like you, my man. Except maybe these guys. Hephaestus pointed to his bowl of salted peanuts. They, they understand me. But, but no one else. Hmm. It must have been hard living at the bottom of the sea, thrown away by your own mother, Dionysus said sympathetically. You've no idea. It was... Uh, well, it was uh, hard, Hephaestus sniffled. Exactly, Dionysus said. You know what make you feel better? More wine? Hephaestus guessed. Well, possibly. But you gotta forgive her. What in a Error can be a real pain in the rear. Believe me. I know. But we're family. We gotta stick together, said Dionysus. She threw me away, like a bad spark plug, Hephaestus barked. I've no idea what that is. But still, you can't just hold a grudge like that forever. If you bottle it up, well... Even the finest wine eventually turns to vinegar. Does your revenge make you feel any better? Well, no, Hephaestus scowled. I need that more wine. No, I'm cutting you off. Which wasn't like Dionysus, refusing someone a drink. You owe it to me, smell of Right now, I'll let her go. Show her that you're better than her. You'll be the good guy. Hephaestus grumbled into his bowl of peanuts, but eventually decided Dionysus was right. He rode back to Mount Olympus on his donkey, barely holding on to his intoxication. Fortunately, he arrived there safely, Dionysus walking at his side. Hephaestus approached Hera, and the other gods gathered around. Mother, I forgive you, Hephaestus said. I'll let you go. But you gotta promise not to toss any more babies away. Everyone has gifts. No matter what they look like. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm, whimpered Hera. 
Hephaestus hit the secret deactivation switch on the back of the throne, and Hera was freed. After that, he and Dionysus stayed pretty great friends, and Hephaestus and Hera made their reconciliation. In fact, the next time Hephaestus got in trouble, it was for helping his mom. So, fast forward to when the gods rebelled against Zeus. As you might recall, or maybe not, once Zeus got free, he punished the rebel scum. Apollo and Poseidon lost their immortality for a while, and Hera got tied up and hung over the abyss. During all that, Hephaestus really didn't take sides. In fact, he thought that the rebellion was a stupid idea, but no one bothered to ask his opinion. As a result, Zeus didn't punish him. Still, the blacksmith god didn't approve of his mom getting tied up and dangled over the abyss like live bait. One night, he couldn't stand to hear her screaming any longer. Personally, I think Hephaestus was starting to love his mom just a little bit. At least enough not to want to see her suffer. He got out of bed, grabbed his toolkit, and went to save his mom. With the help of some grappling hooks, a safety harness, and a tree trimmer, he managed to cut her down and haul her to safety. Hera was incredibly grateful. She sobbed and hugged Hephaestus tighter than she ever hugged him, and promised to never call him ugly or disgusting ever again. Zeus was less than pleased, to say the least. When he found out what happened, he marched into Hephaestus' room with electricity crackling around him and his face as dark as a thundercloud. Without my permission, Zeus bellowed, you will learn to respect my authority. Now, most dads would have just yelled a lot, or grounded you, or they would take away your phone, or something like that. Not Zeus. He grabbed Hephaestus by the ankle, yanked him off the feet, and to the nearest window. He yelled, Sayonara, tool guy! and flung Hephaestus right off the mountain. Again. It took Hephaestus an entire day to tumble down, which gave him plenty of time to contemplate why he'd ended up with such horrible parents in the first place. Finally, he hit the earth on the island of Lemnos. The impact didn't do much for his deformed body or his crippled legs. He broke every bone in his immortal body and laid there for a really long time. Eventually, he was discovered by a tribe called the Cynicians, who kind of had a bad reputation amongst the Greeks as being pirates, but they were really kind to Hephaestus. They carted him off to their village and took care of him the best that they could. And because of that, Hephaestus became their patron god. Hephaestus healed and eventually made his way back to Olympus. After that, he and Zeus were very wary of one another, but they both pretended like the whole incident never happened. Whew. And after all this talk about mutiny and revenge, I feel like some lighthearted poetry. You feel like poetry? No? Well, too bad. Apollo is getting impatient. He wants to be interviewed. And since he's the coolest Olympian god, you can really only put off the golden boy for so long. <laughs>